Hey everybody, I'm Peter and I am severe and unyielding. Technically, he's older than I am. It's Mike. Welcome to Rebels Rebels, the podcast where two buds just sit down and chat some batch. Yeah, um, there isn't a ton of news this week, but if you're a fan of animation, Mike, have you checked out Marvel's What If? I have. It's really cool and I don't like Marvel. I'm not a superhero fan. Yeah, it's pretty wild. I mean, I think there's some crossover for fans of ours, especially with cool animation. I love the, they did the same cell style as Resistance, but I feel like for some reason this is directed and looks so cool and the story is really interesting. So I'm, I'm really enjoying that. Way less cartoony than Resistance. Resistance is kind of goofy animation to me. It's like everyone's legs are like super long too. <laughs> this yeah. one just felt like there were times where I got lost in remembering it was animation. It's just a very good comic book art. Yep. Um, some other very important news. Did you know that I am incredible at making French toast? I just made some French toast this morning and I am flying high, bud. Wow. Why is it so, why was it so different? It's a I, I use the Alton Brown recipe. So you make okay. a nice custard and you leave it overnight. And then wow. there's just a little bit of a technique to make sure it soaks in the custard correctly. You first you sear it on the on a pan and give it some crust like a steak and then you put it in the oven to finish much oh, like geez. a steak. It's, it's great. It's, I think that's one of my specialties. Uh, but ma- my wife and I were, were wanting something for a special Sunday brunch to wow. celebrate the last episode of bad batch. And so yeah, that's why we made some fancy French toast. Yeah, that's why let's go with that. Yeah. Um, but as, as you can tell, there isn't a lot going on in star Wars world. Um, no, well, yeah, I'll plug it again though. Um, yeah, the Lego Star Wars holiday special, which if you remember last year was Christmas, they're doing one for Halloween this year. Mm. And the Christmas one I thought was really fun and really goofy. This one's called Lego Star Wars terrifying tales. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm pretty pumped and we're gonna, we're going to, I, I, we're going to in October, both watch these and read the Darth Vader castle comics so remember to pre-order those peter contact your local comic bookery and ask them to put (laughs) aside those ones so we can chat about them okay cool perfect i have a great comic bookery near my house one that you used to frequent as well so i will go in and support our local comic shop which is what you should be doing yeah exactly cool all right before further ado let us close out this season of TV with one last card game. Card game. All right. Um, Mike, I think I am going to go. Do you want me to go from easy to hard or would you like me to go from hard to easy? Easy to hard. Okay, cool. This is, in my opinion, what I think would be the easiest to the hardest. So for those of you who may be tuning in for the first time to check out what we have to say about this finale, this is a game we play because I came across at a local comic bookery a bunch of episode one wide vision trading cards that came out in the 90s. And so I am going to read what is the name of the card. Each of them has a title and Mike has to guess what is being pictured. So Are you ready, Mike? Yes. Cool. All right. The first card is called the Gungan Sub. What could possibly be pictured 
on a card entitled the Gungan Sub. I'm going to be guessing it's that Gungan submarine that's, uh, <laughs> that's just outside of whatever that Gungan city is. You are right. It is the, well, it's the sub that they use to... They used to go to Naboo, right? Yep. Yep, from the Gungan city. So on the back it says, The invasion is on schedule, my lord, responds Newt Gunray in a hollow transmission of Darth Sidious. They discuss Senate distractions and Queen Amidala's resolve, but Gunray wisely neglects to mention the Jedi ambassadors who have escaped his clutches. Again, the back of the card has nothing to do with what's on the front of the card, which is a submarine other underwater. <laughs> so that is one for you, I'll take Mike. it. All right. Point. All right, this is the medium difficulty one. This card is entitled Preparing for the Assault. Um, I'm going to guess that it's the hangar bay in Naboo where all the ships are and everyone's kind of getting ready in the ship to get in the ships. Incorrect. It Ooh. is the droid army preparing for uh, assault. I feel feel like we've gotten like 20 cards of droid armies in the field. Let's see if the back matches that. The back says hundreds of destroyer droids slowly roll through the Gungan deflector shields, then transform themselves into combat soldiers once they get on the other side. Clearly, the Gungan army is no match for these sophisticated war machines. Whatever. It's like the same. We've had that card every time, I think. <laughs> yeah. Last, but not least, or maybe least, this is called Trade Federation Rendezvous. I guess let's go in the very, like, closer to the beginning, and I'm going to say it's a picture of the Nemoidians all standing around. <sighs> so close, Mike. Uh, I was really hoping you were going to get this last one. So it is the very beginning of the movie when they are approaching the Nemoidian battle station and they're asking to dock. So it is on the bridge of the ship bringing Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan there. And there isn't a Nemoidian on a TV screen that's standing around. But I was in the time. I was in the time zone. You barely missed it. Close. On the back, it says, heading toward the planet of Naboo, a Republic cruiser makes its way past hundreds of Trade Federation battleships. The cruiser's immediate destination is one of these battleships, and aboard the Trade Federation craft is Newt Gunray, a Nemoidian Trade Viceroy. And then there's a quote, as you know, our blockade is perfectly legal. Oh, boy. Yep. Oh, boy. All right, so... Those are all the cards, so well, I perfect, think perfect we time can to probably it. retire this bit. Yeah, perfect time to end it. Yep. Gone with Bad Batch. Cool. So let us chat about Bad Batch Episode 16, Camino Lost. Yeah. I'll just jump in with some thoughts. We often talk about the difference between story and plot. And for this finale episode, the plot is... The Bad Batch with Crosshair and ATZ. What's that? It's AZ, but AZ. it's I, I watched with the captions on. It's actually spelled AZI. Yep. So I feel like that's like Azzy, but they call yep. it AZ. So that crew plus AZ are in Camino when it's destroyed by the Empire. And Camino, pretty cool set piece, sinks to the bottom of the ocean and they need to escape. They 
they need to get mm-hmm. to the Marauder. That's that's the set, <laughs> that's the plot. Like that's what's happening. That's the plot of the finale. In a nutshell, that's it. Yep. The story within is about, as always, the family dynam- dy- dynamic of this odd group. You know, crosshairs siding with the Empire, the Bad Batch. Plus, you know, we'll 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 say that she's part of the Bad Batch. Mm-hmm. Um, they want him to come with them and flee the Empire. That's kind of the story. And you kind of get some background about, you know, that they were created before Omega was, I mean, after Omega was created, Mm -hmm. that she considers them, you know, family, that they clearly don't, um, or that Crosshair doesn't, or maybe he's conflicted and does, and he'll return. I've just said it all. I've just said the entire, (laughs) I've just, I just shared the entire finale episode. And so Mm -hmm. I want to pose to you a question. Did that feel like a good finale episode? So I think this is a very complicated answer or a question that will lead to a complicated answer. Um, It is nuanced. Uh, Before I get to that though, I just have to point out because I'm, putting myself on mute because I'm giggling like a child. A comedian, a musical comedian I like named Tom Cardi just came out with an album and my favorite song on there is about whenever someone loses something, he asks if they checked their butthole. So every time you reference Camino being lost or it being lost to the sea, in my head I just hear, have you checked your butthole? And it's making me giggle to myself. So I am a child. That's amazing. (laughs) But that being said, um, so I I think it is a perfectly capable continuation of the story. And so I think what I think what I'm saying is complicated about it is how are you considering this as the end of an arc? No, I don't think that it is successful. I think as again, character development and continuation of a story, I think it is pretty successful. And the other thing to complicate this is I, you know, I've been seeing, I always kind of check like what people's reactions are just in case someone brings up an interesting points and you know, there's, there's some can there's divided camps as you, you would expect with star Wars. And some people are saying, you know, Oh, nothing really happened. Like, this is really boring. And then other people are saying that, well, not a lot happened in terms of plot, but is a character centric episode. And they keep using that word character centric, character centric. And my question to you is, and I, I don't have an answer to this. This is an actual genuine question. Is this a character centric episode? Like, no. where, how have any of the characters? changed how are they in any different place than they were before this episode or before three episodes from this yeah and that's that's my my gripe is there was no growth for anyone here basically we got the same character models entrenching themselves in their characters Mm -hmm. we you know we saw a glimpse of crosshair potentially coming out of a shell when he saves az but then he's like, you know, now we're even. That's the last time, which he probably, we probably all don't believe. Yeah. But did he have massive growth? No. Was him saving AZ shocking or like, a, oh, there's something good in him? Yeah. No. Well, I mean, I should point out that I think he probably 
was trying to save Omega more than AZ, but yeah. <laughs> I get your point. Yeah, 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 totally. Um, so I, I guess I don't think it's character centric because character centric is really diving in deep to characters, and this one just kind of felt like we got more of the same from these characters. Um, I don't know anything new about these characters that I didn't prior to this episode. Yeah. And that's why I'm saying as a continuation of a story, it's pretty interesting because I do think it is successful. Like I'm not saying that as a, it being a failure or something I don't like. Um, I actually like the fact that crosshair didn't have some 180 and it was like, you know what? We are a family. Now I'm a good guy. That wouldn't have felt earned to me. I kind of like this idea of Crosshair being like, all right, you saved me, but it doesn't change anything. I think that you are fundamentally wrong in your beliefs and we're still opposed. And the tension that comes with that, that's interesting. I think it just, it feels like a mid-season episode or it feels like something that's building to an arc that will be paid off in season two or season three or something else like that, which is an odd choice. I'll say for a finale in my opinion. Yeah. Um, especially in consideration that there were quite a few filler episodes. Yeah. Why couldn't this kind of been put a little earlier? Yeah. You know what I would have really liked actually is, you know how rebels had that callous episode where you, yeah, Callus yeah. is still a bad guy, and you see things from his point of view, and so mm-hmm. it's almost. I think I think the ghost crew maybe shows up at the very end or something like that, but yeah. it's all from Callus's perspective, and you kind of see what his day to day is like. Him slowly realizing the Empire doesn't care about him, yeah. and figuring that out, and that's some really cool character development. And in a lot of ways, this felt like that episode. But the reason the Callus one worked was because it was in the middle of the season and led to a big culmination of yeah. a giant character. That was a true. Yeah. That was a true character centric and character study episode. Yeah. And something you said that I totally agree with. This felt like, like a mid season break episode. Mm-hmm. Like this would tie me over for three weeks, but I, I guess just viewing this as a finale on a season one, it doesn't necessarily super make me want to watch season two. <laughs> Um, I will watch season two and like, I'm definitely not trying to be negative. All star Wars is cool. Like within the star Wars realm, like it's, it's weak, but outside of it, I'm like, yeah, it's, I still like it. I'm going to watch it. So I'm, I definitely don't want to be like, this is so terrible, but, (laughs) um, as like a season one ender, it's not as good as I would put it down there with the resistance. Uh, even Resistance probably did a better job of wrapping up their seasons with some larger characters I was interested in and pulled me through. But I guess I just don't like the Bad Batch enough for me to be interested in like that. I didn't have a moment where I'm like, oh, God, I want Crosshair to be back with them so bad. I need to watch <laughs> season two to see what happens. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, there's a categorization that is happening, especially as more and more Star Wars is coming out, at least for me, where it's... I want to check out everything still, and I still love it, and it's still fun for me. But there are things that are priorities, and there are things that aren't. And this is pretty well encamped in the not priority for me. I imagine this isn't something I'm going to be watching week to week next season. I will definitely watch it, but Mm. I might wait until it's all out and binge it. You know, we've talked about the... 
benefits of some series being a bingeable series. Um, And this might be one of those is, you know, the filler episodes and maybe the things that aren't hooking me as much are a little bit less, um, are a little bit less hardcore if I have another episode right after it, you know, if I have to wait week to week, then that does something a little different with the expectations in a way that I don't know if I enjoy with this series as much as something like Rebels, for example. One thing I will say that it that I did like about this is that I think the question about the inhibitor chip is still kind of in the air. And again, it's something that's building to an arc that's going to get paid off in a while. Um, it feels cause you know, again, he doubles down. You don't have the inhibitor chip. We have that scene where Omega says, basically it's a callback to remember the first episode where Omega says, it's not your fault. And she says, you know, I thought it was the chip, but it's not. Um, and so we get that, but he's still holding his head in a painful way, which looks like when Wrecker was, his chip was about to go on the fritz. Um, so the way that they played it, I don't think that crosshair is lying necessarily. Oh, the other thing is, you know, he does do another callback to good, good soldiers follow orders. Um, so there's a lot of callbacks to when, to his inhibitor chip, in my opinion. And so I wonder, think about crosshair. How would he go about actually removing this chip? If he found out about it, he would probably go to rampart, which by the way, we couldn't remember generic bad guy's name last week. That was a vice admiral rampart. Um, I remember and be like, Hey, I heard about this chip. Can we get it out of my head? And rampart, I could see being like, yeah, totally. Let's do it. And then puts crosshair under for some sort of procedure and either enhances the chip, maybe makes it more ironclad or does nothing. And then tells crosshair, all right, it's out of your head. Cool. Thanks for coming to me and bringing this to my attention. Um, and so I wonder if there is some sort of trickery with that, which is going to pay off in the next season. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I almost thought that the, um, the inhibitor chip stuff was a little more put to bed, if anything, this, this episode and that they like really tied that knot. Yeah. I feel like it's, um, I don't know if it's, I like this question, but I don't know if they are successfully, it's, it's so ambiguous that I don't even know if it's something that should be a question that's being asked. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I yeah. Think but I do, I, I do weird. love that idea. I do love the idea that he goes to Rampart and Rampart goes, yeah, sure. And then it just like ramps it <laughs> up. Yeah, totally. Um, the other thing that I think is the big kind of arc that we should mention is, at the very this very end scene where we see Nala Se being brought to a cool planet, uh, some sort of imperial facility. She meets um I forgot the name. I think the name is like science officer. Or <laughs> no, it's credited as medical officer. Medical you mean bangs? Exactly. I wrote in my name, I wrote in my notes, Big Bangs. So that's my I hope that nickname sticks. <laughs> Big Bangs, bowl cut. 
Yep. Big yeah. bangs. Um, so Nalasane meets big bangs. Um, and the only indication we have of what's going on here is that the costume seems to be very similar to Dr. Pershing's from the Mandalorian. Um, but that's 30 years in the future. So I think it would make sense that this is maybe an earlier version of Dr. Pershing's yeah. uh, officer's uni- uniform. And so I think the ties are pretty clearly being linked to whatever the blood experiments with baby Grogu are trying to kind of tie more things to the Mandalorian. Mm. Um, and, you know, we've yeah. talked about this. We've talked about Nalase has been working on a way to kind of make the genetic material, the clones better. And, you know, obviously Palpatine's obsessed with cloning himself and that he's, she's been working with clone DNA. And so I could see that being kind of an interesting through line that all the research that Pershing used to get Palpatine, Palpatine to eventually clone himself in Rise of Skywalker was built on the things that Nala Say did 30 years earlier. Yeah, that's, uh, I'm going to agree 100%. That's what I kept thinking. I'm like, this really feels like they're trying to set up Rise of Skywalker somehow. <laughs> like, totally. Which, by the way, I tweeted about this, but I've, there's this, this is just a funny plot hole to me is wouldn't you think that if Palpatine did clone himself he would come back as you know she from the prequels like young vibrant palpatine how come when he comes back he still looks like an evil raisin um like did the mace windu lightning attack alter his dna so he's like a permanent uggo yeah or or maybe he's just down maybe he's just down (laughs) to be like that yeah he's like i love my new look He's, he's like so far past it. He's just like, yeah. Yeah. Just dress me up in goth. Yeah. There's some, there's some cloning things like that, that you kind of have to wave away. The other one too, that I think is kind of fun is, I mean, we, we hear in this episode and I referenced it in your introduction that Omega is technically older than the bad batch. And that's something that we forget is like the clones are like 10 years old, which is just a funny concept to me. <laughs> like yeah, Hunter's a big badass. So Omega's Omega's 14 then. Something like that, yeah. So I think what? she said she waited. She was there for four years or something. Yeah, something like that. And so it's just funny to me that we're basically just following a group of post toddlers around <laughs> preteens. So <laughs> oh my gosh, so real though. <laughs> yeah, um, I had some other kind of surface thoughts. Do you have any more story or in depth things you want to chat about? I sadly don't. Yeah, I wish it did. So, I mean, first of all, the one thing I can never, I could do without for the rest of my life in Star Wars and basically in any other movie is I don't need a bigger fish. I don't need a big creature. I don't need a big monster. I'm just done with it. I feel like it's such a lazy plot thing that I'm, it never raises the stakes. It never raises the tension. And I'm just, I'm over if it. If you're in an ocean tube, it's like you have to do it. If someone's running through a tube in the ocean, you have to do that moment. Well, it's like the, what's the peril fatigue to me? It was fine to me that they were walking on glass that was cracking. That's tension. That's cool. Enough. And yeah. then you just have to add this random sea monster again. I, okay. Whatever. I know. I don't care. And then they just turn, turn on the power and it's gone. Oh, it's gone. Yep. Yeah. So. Okay. I I would be fine with never seeing another big creature. It feels to me like 
they introduced was there a big creature in a new hope i I don't think so the dianoga but i I don't know if that's a big creature it's like a monster i feel like it's like the dianoga scene worked and then after that the big space worm worked and then they're just like all right now star wars always needs some weird creature and so sarlacc sarlacc and then just now they're shoehorning it yeah and it's i don't i just do not care yeah that's fair yeah, I don't really care about big creatures. Big creatures are never like big, unsentient, like slobbering creatures that are the mm-hmm. bad guy. Just yeah, never interesting to me. I'm like, ah, okay. Yep. Um, I also liked Wrecker's Glow in the Dark Knife, which reminded me of like a Nickelodeon prop from the nineties. Yeah. Like I could see a temple guard from Legends of the Hidden Temple having this knife on their belt and the lights go off and it all turns neon and a black light. So I also thought it cool. was weird that that big fish was uh, trying to attack them in the tube. And I assumed <laughs> it was because they all were carrying flashlights. I was like, you guys just turn off your flashlights. Yeah, totally. Um, and I also like how they shock it once and it's just like, all right, I'm, I'm leaving, but the power goes away. So it's all of that doesn't work for me. Um, and then I think those are all of my notes really about this episode. I think, do you want to talk about before we get to our grading scale for this episode, or maybe we do both of them? Should we talk about how we feel about this episode or should we f- talk about how we feel about the season on a whole? I think we should talk about the season and rate okay. the whole season on a scale. Cool. That's you, how I kind of thought about it as well. Do you want to yeah. start? Sure. Yeah. 16 episodes. I mean, from that first episode where we got Caleb doom, I was hooked. Yeah. I was like, this is incredible. That Caleb Dune thing blew my mind. And it was slowly downhill from there. Um, there was some bright moments. There was quite a bit of filler. When I reflect on the Bad Batch as a whole, I think I tend to think about the awesome imagery, like the beautiful animation, some really cool bases. Even that base at the end of this episode that was like, a ring around a mountain. Like mm-hmm. they have a really cool, that, that, um, you know, the Imperial base that is that where they brought Nala say that scientific place. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there was really beautiful visuals and sound. I mean, it was star Wars. It was visual storytelling. It was really beautiful, but I, I ended up, I'm leaving the season, not fully caring about the characters we met about the cast like as I did with Rebels and I left and I loved that crew. I I would be okay if this series was done largely. If I'm thinking about it within the universe of Star Wars and not episode to episode within Bad Batch. I think I would put Bad Batch. It's interesting. This would be a fun ranking thing. Like mm-hmm. not we should we should rank that's how we should end this, Peter. We should rank all of our shows. <laughs> uh, all we should rank all of the Star Wars shows. Um, oh, actually, should we hit pause and maybe do that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was, I think this maybe goes to before you get to your actual grading scale. I think this maybe goes to one of the points I want to make is I don't know if we necessarily can. And in a lot of ways, there's some unfair comparisons that are happening because we're naturally going to gravitate to the, you know, peak Clone Wars and peak Rebels. 
when we're yeah. saying, you know, did this work compared to Rebels, we're not thinking about droids in distress. Season you know, yeah. we're talking about the whole arc, how everything closed, the great ending, the huge mountain peaks that it hit. Um, same with Clone Wars. There's a lot of junk in Clone Wars, but there's also a lot of great stuff. And so I think that's part of what I'm saying about me liking it, but it being a little perplexed about it being a finale opposed to a continuation. I am would not be surprised at all if this series ended somewhere up around as good as rebels and clone wars. That's completely possible. Um, it's just too early to tell. So yeah, I think that's definitely an exercise we should do. And I think that'd be really, really kind of an interesting thing. Um, I just think it's, it's working at a little bit of a disadvantage right now in terms of it being such an incomplete story. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. Um, yeah, it's hard to shake off moment to moment and, uh, and not see the bigger picture here. Um, yeah, I, maybe this is how I felt. Maybe binging is just the way I watch TV these days. Um, rebels. I largely binged. I didn't necessarily, I watched, I think I started in season two. Mm-hmm. So I had the benefit of watching all season one and then getting on season two resistance. I tried watching week to week and it didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I still, I guess my biggest gripe is like the characters feel imbalanced. Like this crew of people doesn't feel, feel differentiated enough. And I, we said that in the last episode, but I, I still stand by that of there's no, they're, they're not varied enough for me to be mm-hmm. interested in their, cause they all have the same backstory. I mean, <laughs> besides, um, Omega and, um, Echo. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, so all right, let's let's put that on our on our grading scale of sidekicks. Um the whole season, let's put it on there. Um and while while you're thinking about it before you hear what yours is, um I think I mean too we could do the ranking, I think, and I think ours would probably be pretty close and it might be interesting to see if this goes up and down as seasons progress and we start talking about other shows come out. But for me, at least my show ranking would be rebels, Mandalorian, clone wars, bad batch resistance. I'm not counting Freemaker adventures cause I haven't seen it. And I know you're, you're super into it, but I, I bet that's pretty much in line with what you're feeling. Did I forget any shows? Yeah, no, that's it. No, there's, um, yeah, I, I don't think any of the Lego stuff is canon, so we can leave <laughs> that off the table and say all yeah. the Lego stuff I love, but it's not on the table. Yeah, from best to worst, yeah, I'd probably go Mandalorian. So I guess that's different. Interesting. Mandalorian, Rebels, Clone Wars, Bad Batch Resistance. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so do you want to give this season a rating on your scale of sidekicks? Yeah, so I will say on a scale of K2SO being my favorite sidekick to Jar Jar being my least favorite sidekick, I would give this episode a Cassian Andor. Mm-hmm. Um, this whole season, a Cassian Andor. Mm-hmm. It's, I like Cassian. Um, I, uh, but he felt overshadowed by the larger characters. Within, like K2SO? 
K2SO, honestly. <laughs> uh, and Jin Erso and Saw Gerrera. There were, so, there were so many interesting... Bodhi, the pilot. Like, there were so many interesting characters in uh, Rogue One. Galen or so. The, God, I, I feel like every character I can name I was more interested in. <laughs> so, it's it was less that came, casting Andor... I didn't like him because I did, but more that there was better stuff out there for me to, to, to intake. Yeah. So that's like, um, I'm going to say it's like a B minus. Yeah. Nice. That's a very thoughtful grading scale. My grading scale between my favorite sidekick is Ahsoka Tano and my least favorite sidekick is Jar Jar Binks. No hate. Um, but I say between those things, I give this a salacious crumb. And my thinking was simply just, you know, I I think back and I'm like, oh, yeah, I liked that thing. I liked his silly laugh. And I liked when he shocked and he jumped up. Like, But there wasn't a ton to salacious crumb. Uh, there's not a lot of depth there to me. And so I kind of feel the same sense. And I'm actually giving it the exact same grade. I'm giving it a B minus. You know, I don't, I don't hate it. And maybe, maybe one day there'll be a salacious crumb story that'll just blow open what I thought about salacious crumb and change my thought about him forever. But you know, right now that hasn't happened. And so I am waiting to see if it creeps up to, you know, B plus an A or even an A plus. Whoa. 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 Yeah. And in Mandalorian territory. Yeah. Well, I, I, I sincerely hope this wasn't too much of a downer for people listening. Mm-hmm. Because it, it's not a downer. It still there's great stuff in there. Um, it's just not the greatest of the great, which is like within the realm of Star Wars, which is one of the greatest things. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the best. Yeah. That's all. And you know what? I in the end, it's about the buds you talk back talk batch with. It, that's <laughs> it's all about the buds you make along the chat. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And so I am glad we talked about. Bad batch together, Mike, and we will see what the future brings. But I am glad that we spent time going through this series together. True, it's true. It's the yep. family. You, it's the family you choose. Yep. Um, and so, if you are a listener and you have enjoyed this, please let us know what you thought about the finale. Um, let us know how you felt about the character development and what you are looking forward to seeing in season two. Also, while you are at it, leave us a review on iTunes. Um, and tell a friend because that is the only way that this tiny little operation grows I love that mm-hmm. and remember until next time to be brave out there and don't make back don't make back bye ciao